Um, our Bible talk series at the moment is called Enjoying God, and we're thinking about how we relate to God, how we can enjoy Him and know more of Him in our lives, how we can deepen our relationship with Him. And we're thinking in particular um, about the three members of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Spirit, and how we relate to each one as individuals and to the whole, and how that deepens our communion with God and our enjoyment of Him. And this morning, we're going to be thinking about how in every prayer we receive the Father's welcome. And to do that, we're going to turn to Matthew chapter 6. It's on page 970 in the Pew Bibles, if you have one, 970. Matthew chapter 6, and beginning at verse 5. And this is Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount, teaching the crowd and his disciples on prayer. So Matthew chapter 6, starting at verse 5 on page 970. This is God's Word. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts, as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Let's again pray. Our God and our Father, we do thank you for that amazing grace that has brought us into your family. Lord, thank you for that word which secures our hope. And so, Lord, our prayer just now is that you would prepare our hearts, prepare our hearts to receive from your word, Lord, may our ears be open to what you have to say to us and close to anything else that might distract us. Lord, we pray that we would hear from you as your word is preached in Jesus' name. Amen. I think it's probably a fairly well-known fact that in any relationship, communication is a very key factor. It's probably quite stating the obvious. I was reading an article this week by a psychologist called Steve Earlham. And he said that most breakdowns in relationships, they're they're almost always caused by poor communication, even when it seems like there's an obvious different reason to that, even when something else presents like marital infidelity or, or some kind of fallout or constant arguing, some kind of disagreement. Apparently, the largest contributor to breakdown behind all of those things is a lack of communication. Because poor communication leads to confidence in the relationship just being chipped away. When one person doesn't feel like they're being heard, it eats away at their self-confidence and, and diminishes their place in the relationship. And this, in turn, leads to other things which cause issues. A good relationship is built on good, open, trusting, honest communication. And in some ways, this isn't any different to our relationship with God. Now, of course, in human relationships, neither party is perfect, and that's not how it is in our relationship with God. 
but we've been thinking about how we enjoy him in that relationship, having more of him in our lives, having a stronger and a better and a deeper relationship with him. And one of the keys to that is communication. We believe that God speaks to us through his word, the Bible, as it is read and preached faithfully. So if we want to hear from him, one of the main things we have to do is to study that carefully. But the relationship isn't just one way, we know that. We also get to talk to God. And what I found most interesting about that little article I read earlier in the week, Steve Erdem isn't a Christian, by the way, but what he didn't focus on like much of the other articles I read, he didn't focus on how to communicate better. You know, what you should say to communicate well is this or that or the other. He said no more important than that in any relationship is effective listening skills. In fact, he says this is the most important aspect of good interpersonal communication. And we have a God who invites us to pray and who listens. Now, I wonder how you feel about prayer this morning. I'm sure as the topic is brought up, it brings up different things in the minds of the people here around the room this morning. No doubt some of you are very confident in prayer. I know that some people find it easy to pray and maybe difficult to to get into reading the Bible, but they can talk to God all day. Some people are really confident in prayer. Some are really passionate about the importance of prayer. You might hear somebody say that the prayer meeting is the engine room of the church. You know, that's, that's really what we need to be doing. We need to be passionate and united in prayer. And that's probably true. Some of you will be quite happy in prayer, but, it, but it's a private thing. You know, you wouldn't be confident maybe going to a prayer meeting and praying in front of others, but you're faithful in your own prayer life. Maybe some people kind of blow hot and cold. Some people maybe struggle. Maybe some of you have even given up altogether, or it's new to you, so it's not something that you do. But wherever you are this morning, I really want to encourage you today that prayer is essential in your relationship with God. If you want to enjoy God, if you want more of Him in your life, then it's not an added extra. It's not something that you kind of do as well as being in a relationship with God if you want to. It's actually part of the deal. Do you notice what Jesus says as He begins to teach on prayer, he says, and when you pray. He doesn't say if you pray or if you happen to pray, you know you should do it this way. When you pray, Jesus is assuming that his followers are people who will pray. And all through the scriptures, we find examples of God's people bringing them their prayers, both together and as individuals. It's right through the Bible, Old and New Testament, examples showing us how to pray and maybe sometimes even how not to pray. And when Jesus says, when you pray, it's nothing short of a command for his followers to pray. If, we're, if we don't pray, then we are disobeying that command. The Bible sees it simply as unthinkable that a follower of Jesus Christ would not pray. And I don't say that this morning to, to kind of beat you up about it. If you don't pray, I say it to encourage you. It's something you can do. It's something you should do. We're called to be like Jesus, to follow after him, and we see through all four Gospels that he was a man of prayer, both publicly, with his disciples, and on his own, taking himself away. We're called to do what Jesus teaches us to do, and he teaches us to pray. When you pray, not if you pray. 
it's really worth saying again, if you want to enjoy God, prayer isn't an added extra. It's part of the deal, but it's a wonderful part of the deal. Because it's not just to obey Jesus. We don't kind of do it because he commands it, and so we kind of have to. It's one of the primary ways that we actually get to enjoy God. Albert Moeller, who's an American theologian, has said it like this, there is no true intimacy with God without prayer. So wherever you are this morning, and I realize many people will come from many different places on this, I want you to commit just the next 20 minutes or so, probably a bit shorter, just to hear me out on prayer this morning. This morning's talk is not complicated. I know last week we thought about the Trinity, we thought about communion with God and union with God, and those ideas are big ideas, but this morning's talk isn't like that. It's not complicated, no fancy language, it's all very straightforward. So if you are somebody who is confident in prayer, use this to to deepen your understanding, to remind yourself of what it's all really about. And if you're somebody who doesn't pray this morning or somebody who struggles, can I encourage you to use this as a kind of a starter kit, a blueprint maybe to help you get started? Because you might think of prayer as something that's up here, something that's beyond you or something that's for holy people, but I have to tell you that it isn't. Because the big thing that I want us all to see this morning is that in every prayer, we enjoy the Father's welcome. Now, it's worth noting there that we're talking about the Father, because sometimes when we pray, we just say, well, Lord, or even God. And those things are not wrong, they're fine. But this is Jesus' example. He teaches us to pray. When you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. And he starts off the prayer, our Father. It's not that we can't talk to Jesus. It's not that we can't ask the Spirit for his help. We can. But generally in the Bible, we see people praying to the Father. And this is how Jesus teaches us to pray. So for this morning, we're going to run with that. We can pray to the Father, and in every prayer, we enjoy the Father's welcome. And when we realize that in every prayer, the Father welcomes us in, we begin to realize that prayer is not about impressing others. Look with me again at Matthew chapter 6 and verses 5 and 6. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen, then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Prayer is not about impressing others. Going to a prayer meeting shouldn't be about what other people think when you pray out loud. Now, Jesus tells us to pray on our own here. He's not saying that we can't pray together. He did this very often, and the disciples did it. In fact, on one occasion in Acts chapter 4, we're told that after the apostles prayed together, the place where they were was shaken and that they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. So clearly it is a good thing to pray together, and we certainly do enjoy God through prayer together. But when we do pray, even if there are others around us, it's not to impress them. If we do it to impress others, Jesus says, that's all the reward we will get. You've received your reward already. We'll certainly get nothing from God because he is more concerned about our heart than our words. Prayer has an audience of one, and that one is God. And so that's why primarily when we pray, we pray alone. 
Jesus said, go into your room, close the door, pray to your father who sees what is done in secret. Now, it might be useful to literally go into a room on your own and close the door and pray in secret, but I, I don't think Jesus is overly concerned with the architecture here. A private prayer room might be useful, but what he's talking about is seclusion, about being away from others, just time with you and God. It's not so much about the location, but it is about not parading yourself in front of others. And if we do that, Jesus says, our Father will reward us. In every prayer, we can enjoy the Father's welcome. It is in solo prayer, primarily, that we enjoy God. That's where we find the intimacy and the closeness, that connection with God, when our hearts and our thoughts are focused on Him alone in prayer, not on people around us. We shouldn't have to worry about what they think about us. Do you want to enjoy God? Well, then forget about what it looks like in front of others. Forget about impressing people with fancy prayers. Forget about having to say the right thing in front of others. And just come to your heavenly Father as you are and talk to him, and you will find joy and acceptance in him. And secondly, as we realize that in every prayer we enjoy the Father's welcome, we see that prayer isn't about impressing God either. We don't find that joy and acceptance by impressing God with our words either. In fact, in some ways, the simpler our prayer, the better. Here's what Jesus says. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. If you're thinking to yourself, okay, John, I would really like to pray more. You know, I, I would but I don't really know what to say in prayer. Well, it's good news, first of all, that you don't have to worry about what others think. But you still might think, okay, I don't have to worry about what other people think, that's great, but I still have to speak to God, and I don't really know what to say to him. And if that's you this morning, this is good news. God already knows what you need before you ask him. You don't have to impress him with your words. Your prayers don't need to be particularly long. You don't have to have any fancy language. Your father knows you. He knows everything about you. I wonder, do you have a friend or somebody in your family that you know, you know so well that you can just tell it to them as it is? You know, that you don't dress up anything for them because they'd see right through you anyway because you know one another that well. You can just tell them it as it is. If you're having a hard time, you can just tell them. If they ask you how something went and it went terribly, you don't have to give the polite answer. You can just say, do you know what? It was a disaster. Well, God knows you even better than that. So you can just talk simply, freely, openly. If you look at the prayer that Jesus taught, it isn't dressed up in any fancy language. Give us today our daily bread. Lord, give me the things I need. Forgive us our sins. Lead us not into temptation. Simple and to the point. It's not elaborate, it's not fancy. And that is another sign of our Father's welcome. We find enjoyment in him through prayer because we are fully known. So we don't have to put on a performance for him. We don't have to think up lots of elaborate words. We don't have to prattle on at length because he knows it all anyway. When we pray, it's like going home where you can be you and you can be straightforward with God. Yes, with reverence, but straightforward all the same. And it's another reason why you shouldn't worry about impressing others, actually. 
You know, I, I heard a horror story once of somebody who went to a prayer meeting and they said something in prayer and somebody else in the room corrected them. You know, they thought that their theology wasn't quite right and, and they corrected them. That is not prayer to the God of the Bible. That is not how it ought to be. Jesus said, let the little children come to me because the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. Little children don't have all their theology worked out. And yet Jesus invited them to come to him. And that's how we come to our heavenly father. Whether we have it worked out or not, he wants us to come and find his welcome, not be elaborate, not be trying to impress him, not be trying to impress others, but just to come and enjoy his welcome. So as we've thought about this this morning, we've seen it's not about impressing other people, it's not about impressing God. So then thirdly, what it is about is praying to the Father with Jesus. Possibly the most astonishing part of the prayer that Jesus taught is the first two words, our Father. We don't come to the Father and say, well, Lord Jesus, this is your Father, and so we pray to him. It's our Father. And obviously this means that all of us as, as brothers and sisters in Christ share in having one Father. It does mean that, but it means more than that. Jesus says, our Father, and that means that we share with him. And we know this is true because a little later in, in John chapter 20, Jesus says, do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and sisters and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and to your Father, to my God and your God. The relationship that Jesus has with his Father is the same now as the relationship that you and I have with God the Father. Jesus is the Son of God. Now, we are not the Son of God, but Jesus is the Son of God, and he shares in one divine being with God the Father and God the Holy Spirit. He's eternally loved by the Father, love without start and love without end. And the disciples see Jesus come to earth and they see him pray many times and they see something of that intimacy that was in heaven between Father, Son, and Spirit. They see something of that continuing on earth as Jesus prays. That must have been the most amazing thing to behold. And then he turns around to them and he says, when you pray, say, our Father. Tim Chester says, it's as if Jesus is saying, pray with me. Share my relationship with God, for you are loved as I am loved. And that is why I say that to enjoy God, to really know him and find joy in our relationship, prayer is not an add-on. It's part of the deal. It's part of who we are now because of what Jesus has done in bringing us into his family as children of God. When we pray, Jesus' experience of his Father's love somehow becomes our experience of his love. His intimacy and joy with his Father become our intimacy and joy. His access in prayer to the Father is our access in prayer. Now, I know that sounds lofty, but remember, this is ordinary prayer, prayer that would impress no one, not other people, certainly not God. We could never impress God with our words, no matter how many words we have unexciting, simple prayer in a room with the door closed becomes, because of Jesus' invitation, intimate, joyful, special prayer with the God of the universe, our Father. 
It's mind-blowing, but it's the way of Christ. In simple, humble prayer, we find the Father's welcome, and somehow we pray with Jesus. And then fourthly and finally, we see that as we enjoy the Father's welcome in prayer, we get to pray in the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, Jesus doesn't mention the Holy Spirit in the passage that we read today, but it is worth briefly mentioning just so that we get a full picture that as we come to the Father in prayer and enjoy praying as children of God because of Jesus the Son, we only do so because the Spirit makes us able to do so. Here's how Paul puts it in Romans chapter 8. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. I realize there's a fair bit in there, and we won't spend a lot of time on it today, but it is worth thinking about the fact that, as Paul says in verse 15, the Spirit brought about our adoption to sonship of God, and it is by him that we then cry, Abba, Father, Without the Spirit's work in our lives, we would not pray with Jesus to our Father. If you don't know you're a child of God, well, then you'll never talk to your Father. If you don't know He is your Father, you won't talk to Him. And to know that He is your Father, that is the work of the Spirit. Imagine this. Imagine I were to stand right here in the pulpit of Ravenhill Presbyterian Church today and ask Her Majesty the Queen for a gift. Yes, Queen Elizabeth II, the current queen. It would be a silly thing to do because she's not here. She's not in the room. And even if she was, she'd have absolutely no reason in the world to give me a gift. I might as well ask that wall for a gift. And yet, because of the Holy Spirit, we pray to a king, the king of heaven, expecting and knowing that he hears us. It's so much more preposterous in a way even than me asking the queen for a gift. And yet, because of the Spirit, we pray knowing that He does hear us, and we expect that. And we know it because we just know that our prayers won't bounce off the ceiling and come back down just because the Spirit works in our hearts. The Spirit makes us know that we are children of God and that we have a Father who hears us. That is the work of the Spirit. The Spirit connects us to the Father, so we know that He delights to hear us, and so we find great joy in prayer. So as you go away this week, can I encourage you, every time that you pray this week, this is a a bit of a practical takeaway, if you like, every time you pray this week, don't start your prayer with the word Lord or God or Jesus, but start with the word Father, or even my Father, if you prefer. Maybe you always talk to the Father anyway in prayer. So as you do that, slowly ponder the words as you do. So think about the access that you have to God in prayer is the access of Jesus. Just as God the Father is the Father of Jesus, He is our Father too. Think about how the Spirit worked in your life to make that access known to you. But for those of you who are here today who who maybe don't pray that much or at all, can I encourage you this week, simply talk to God and start again by saying, my Father, If you don't really know what to say, that's okay. Use the Lord's Prayer as your template and fill in the blanks. You know, so when you say, give us today our daily bread, fill in the blanks, tell God about the things that you need. 
When you say, forgive us our sins, confess your sins to him. When you say, lead us not into temptation, talk to God about the temptations that you struggle with and ask him for his help. But whatever you do, pray, because you have a heavenly father and in every prayer you find his welcome. Do you want to enjoy God? Then talk to him. Talk to the Father, praying in the name of the Son, because you share in his access to the Father, and you know that as you do so, you can pray simply but confidently, because you pray in the power of the Spirit who lives in you. Let's pray together. Our Father, we give you thanks that as we come to you in prayer, we enjoy your welcome not because of anything that we have done, not because of any good enough words that we could say to you, not because we impress other people and that impresses you, but simply because you are our Father and you have brought us into your family and as your children, you delight to hear from us and you find much joy in that and so through it we can find joy in you. Lord, we pray that by the power of your Spirit, you would help us all Help us to pray more. Help us to know you more through prayer. And help us to enjoy you more in our relationship with you as we hear from you from your word and as we respond in prayer and praise. In Jesus' name, amen.